You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, December 14th. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this year, Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. Uh, you know, if you're bored, just just message me out there. I don't care. I'll respond. Uh, and maybe I'll even respond on the show. Do a little mailbag episode like I did like a month or so ago, I think. Was it a month ago? Yeah, I think it was a month ago. So do that for sure. Um, today's episode is a fud one because, you know, it, it's hard during the off season these days to come up with, you know, things to talk about, but thankfully we had something happen and I'm being joined again by, uh, Miss Gabrielle Starr of Lockdown Red Sox, who people have probably heard on my podcast before, because I think she's been on about 27 different times, the same amount of Yankees championships there are. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're doing that. Uh, and it's going to be a really fun conversation. So you all should tune in. Wow, that's good. I like that. <laughs> All right, you. so should we talk about this guy, Hunter Renfro? Because I'm really <laughs> interested in this signing, and I want to hear your thoughts as our Padres expert. Uh, sure. So it's funny because, you know, Hunter Renfro, there, there's, a, there's a lot of sciences. First of all, I want to just sh- throw out there for the listeners, you know, it's I was joking with Gabrielle before we like this was Sunday when I was joking. I was texting her like our CPA is up, our collective podcasting agreement, i.e. Yep. She's been on the podcast so many times that I guess we were just due to do another one. And almost like the universe heard me. They were like, OK, Hunter Redfro is just signed with the Red Sox. So there's like a connection there. So I'm really happy about that. It's a good sign. Um, and in terms of Hunter Renfro himself, well, you know, obviously he played for the Rays this season and he wasn't very good. I was about to say he only played 42 games. And then I remembered that we only played 60 games this season. So I actually, but he did, he did struggle. He had yeah. a 156 batting average. Um, not good. It was not an ideal season for him compared to the uh, kind of bat power we've seen from him in the past in San Diego in the first four seasons of his career. Mm-hmm. And with Hunter Redfro, the thing I think people have to understand is just, you know, he's just, I I consider him a Padres legend currently just because he was the the piece and now famously the Jake Cronenworth trade. So that's really my, I, I love Hunter Redfro. I wish the best for him. I hope that he does better. Um, he's not too old, if I'm not mistaken. He's 28. So it's not like it's the end of his career that he's a total bust or anything. But he got his Hunter Red, uh Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, Hunter Redfro is a legend. I do wonder though, like, how do you, it, this must feel great. The replacement for Mookie Betts, Hunter Renfro. How does that feel? <laughs> you know, it's interesting because. You mean already. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're so mean. I already, I don't think I missed that Yankees 27 championships. Renfro <laughs> is interesting because he was actually drafted by the Red Sox in 2010 in the MLB amateur draft. So he actually was originally on the Red Sox radar a decade ago. And then, of course, he ended up making his debut when he got drafted the second time in 2013 in the first round of the June draft after going to college. So Red Sox scouts have been in on this guy for a while, which is interesting. And, of course, now he's played five seasons in Major League Baseball. And 
aside from this past season, which I feel like we shouldn't base anyone's performances on their 2020 to a certain extent, because I mean, hopefully we're never going to see another season like this. Um, He's a great player. That being said, you know, obviously we can't even talk about replacing Mookie Betts. Um, My thing is that what I'm thinking right now is it means Jackie Bradley Jr. might not be coming back. Mm. Oh, that's a that's a great angle on this. Yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. I forgot about him. Right. So I looked it up. I actually, yes, one of my favorites. I looked it up. I actually looked up how many appearances Andrew Benintendi, Alex Verdugo, Hunter Renfro, and Jackie Bradley Jr. have made in each of the outfield positions over their careers. And obviously, JBJ has been playing since 2013, so he has more than any of them. But Benintendi has 425 career appearances in left field. 71 in center and zero in right. Verdugo has 76 in center, 75 in right, and 59 in left. And Renfro has 125 in left, four in center, and 304 in right field. So I speculated this morning that they would put Hunter Renfro in right field, shift Verdugo to center where he has (laughs) the one game advantage over his appearances in right field. And then, of course, Benintendi will stay in left field. But that's also assuming that Renfro and Benintendi will be everyday players, which isn't a foregone conclusion. But this idea was confirmed by Chaim Bloom later in the day during the press conference when he said that as of right now, if the season started tomorrow, Alex Verdugo would be playing center field and Renfro would be in right. So it is interesting to note that this could be the beginning of the goodbyes for Jackie Riley Jr. or the the end of the the hope. For those of us who wanted him to come back. <laughs> yeah, it might be. And I mean, you know, with, with Renfro, I mean, look, it, it could be worse. I mean, it's not like Jackie Bradley Jr. was always an offensive, you know, beast. I know he had that one year, which was great for all my fantasy baseball homies out there. That was awesome. But for the most part, just a defensive star. Hunter Renfro kind of not, I don't think he's, he's not Jackie Bradley Jr., but he's kind of molded low key into like a pretty good defensive outfielder lately. And I know like, look, the thing with the Padres is, that one year he had with the 33 home runs is so misleading. I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, you'll have like the Mike Wilbon type people. Oh, what he hit 33 home runs. It's like, all right, congratulations. He also had like the worst second half in history when he batted 161, which was really great. I think uh, for the team overall, it kind of was a sign of where the Padres, you know, what their kind of whole lineup was along with Fran Meal, who was kind of the same way. I know he had a little bit not nice of a season, but uh, just these, these guys who had a, a ton of power, but they just didn't walk like once. I mean, can we knock that on base percentage up to like 330 at least? That's all I'm asking for. Uh, so that was kind of the problem with how to Redfro, but it's not, you know, since the Red Sox are considered a rebuilding team now for some reason, it's like you could do a lot worse, I think, than taking a flyer on Renfro at this point. Yeah, I definitely think we could do worse. I also <laughs> think in general, this team could be aiming higher. Your team is hilarious. It seems hilarious. <laughs> they went from um, the World Series to be like, ah, darn. We had one season not go our way. We got to blow it up. It's like, what are the Red Sox? What are you doing? Like, truly the most frustrating oh, thing to be watching it. I remember on the day of the 2019 trade deadline, I was sitting in my car after a Pilates class that I took to distract myself from the trade deadline. And the class got out at like 3.30. And the last half hour, I was like sitting in the car in front of the studio right down the street from Fenway, 
just like watching the clock tick down and it's four o'clock and like that's it that's all she wrote and I was like wow they really did nothing they did nothing <laughs> I, I was in absolute shock I could not believe it. I was like this is the most ridiculous ridiculous situation but anyway yeah I mean I'm not I'm not like mad about the move I'm also not over the moon or over the monster per se about the move I think that his bat obviously has some pop. You know, the way that he pulls can be very beneficial with the monster. But at the same time, I don't trust an outfield that is every day Benintendi, Verdugo, and Renfro. I just don't. That's that's not a consistent <laughs> enough, I forgot about ben solid enough outfield. I think Andrew Benintendi forgot about Andrew Benintendi. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. No, I, I mean, yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> I think it was... Who was I talking to? Oh, Nash from Locked On Twins and I were doing a crossover. We did a crossover and we were talking about Benintendi. And I was like, I feel like people think I actually like hate Andrew Benintendi. Mm -hmm. And that's not it at all. It's that he seems so unhappy and he's been so unsuccessful the last two seasons that he just doesn't seem like he wants to be here. And if someone's headspace is just like so far gone in that respect, it's going to take a huge amount of work to turn it around. And I just don't know if that's possible at this point, or if it's just part do, do like a Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin and just like consciously uncouple mutually agree to part ways and like get something in return for him on the market. I don't know. I, at first it was just his bat. And then like towards the end of 2019, the few games he played in 2020, it's like his defense wasn't there either. So it like the guy's just totally falling apart. It's it's really sad to see. But yeah, I, I just, you know, the way that the Fenway outfield is so interestingly constructed with the triangle and center and the little corner and right field and everything, you really need adept outfielders there, which is why you cannot overstate how good JBJ is in center field. And like, I would have no problem with a platoon of Renfro and Verdugo in right field. I don't know what to do about Andrew Benatendi and then Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field kind of holding this thing together with popsicle sticks and glue because if this is your group, you need a veteran out there. You just do. Mm. See, it's funny with the Red Sox, like there's not much else you could say besides what you just said right now. It's kind of one of those teams where their whole narrative around them is kind of one note at this point where it's just like, yeah, they just... I mean, it's basically ever since the Mookie trade, it's basically been kind of the same story with them. And they just don't have anything. I don't know what's going on with like Chris Sale and guys like that or the J.D. Martinez thing. Throwing. I know that that's that's become like, oh, man, I, I feel bad with the J.D. Martinez thing almost because he was such a good player for a while. Now that contract might be a little bit of an albatross in the league, but we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the full details on it. And also it was a 60 game season. It's Isn't that so weird? Like. It's going to be so hard to kind of – because even with the Padres, where one of the things I've been kind of talking about with my team lately, just to make it a little Padres for a second because I'm selfish, I think that one of the things with my team is, you know, Will Myers, Eric Hosmer, Jake Cronenworth, those are the three guys that I think were – they had those like breakout standout performances on the team in terms of not something that everybody would have pinned down. So it's kind of like should we go into next season being like, yeah, the Padres are a top six team? Well – I think Tatis and Machado are legit. I think Trey Grisham's legit. I think that also the legit, but there are some like lower people on the totem pole that I don't know if they're 100% going to replicate that. Don't get me wrong. That's kind of the same case for every season. Uh, that's kind of fun about baseball. Who knows? The Red Sox could be good next year. Maybe your boy, uh, 
Verdugo will just be fantastic. Who knows? Maybe he'll be like a 30-30 guy. I don't know. Like maybe he could be awesome. Make Red Sox fans hate themselves just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit less for what transpired in the offseason. But I don't know about you. It's been it's been interesting and I've been really enjoying how I just I really like that. We're diving so deep in a Hunter Renfro. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. It's just like it kind of fully encapsulates where we are at. One, just doing podcasts right now. Yeah, just like begging right for now. crumbs about any news <laughs> yeah, and like, yes. to talk about. It's like, yeah. let's talk it's about like, Hunter Renfro's childhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like uh, whatever this comes out, like one of the new news is like the Padres are interested in this Japanese, uh, this pitcher or whatever. I forgot his name, but I'm like, oh man, here we oh, go. Sugano, I got to dive in. have to fight me for him. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. I want him on the Red Sox mound in a Red Sox uniform. Oh, I want that Sugano. guy in my rotation. Man. So many teams want him because he's like an affordable, less problematic Trevor Bauer. <laughs> oh, God. He's won the Japanese equivalent of the Cy Young twice, and he's like 30 years old. Well, how about that? Yeah, I, that's the other thing. He's, he, oh, he's 30 years old? Okay, so he's not super young or anything. But I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to just hopefully – I don't know. I don't know about you, but I would love to hear what Trevor Bauer sounds like tomorrow. I, I would love it. If it was on my team, I would have content for days. Don't get me wrong. I am not – uh, I've kind of decided on not wanting him just because I, uh, for a variety of reasons, not just based on his play or his off field antics, whatever you want to call them. It's just where the Padres Padres uh, team is made up. I just don't think that'd be the best course of action right now, but I would love for that to happen. I, I I'm kind of embracing. I'm like, dang, if only like every big free agent in baseball was just like, Hey guys, tune into my YouTube channel tonight. Like it's like National Signing Day for football, where it's just <laughs> I've low there this I rank the Padres as my third most preferred team or whatever it was he was doing on the YouTube the other day. I just it'd be a lot more fun and I just you know it, it's kinda crazy that basketball's starting up too. I know you've got more to root for on that point. You know, you've definitely could be oh excited. My God, got, I cannot you got Jason wait. Tatum, your large wait. adult son, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Oh no, I'm 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 just waiting for Kemba to come back. Oh, Kemba. Such an adequate, fine, much better chemistry guy than the previous point guard I think you had on your team. Did you just call (laughs) my man Kemba adequate on a Boston sports podcast? I did. I think he's he's fine and has his moments and he's on a good team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Maybe adequate is a threat word. I think he was adequate last year. He was adequate last year. Yeah, because he was hurt the whole freaking year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sorry. with Kemba... The thing with Kemba is that he spends all of his time making his teammates look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you forget Much better chemistry he's actually guy. really good because he's a team player. He's not out there like, you know, I don't remember what it was that I was watching recently where, and I can't believe we turned Lockdown Red Sox into a Kemba podcast, but that's, <laughs> well, totally that's what happened, you know? I don't remember what I was watching recently, but it was something about how like, oh, you know what it was? It was that. I've been listening to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's books on Audible oh, wow. to help me fall asleep because he writes amazing books and he has a really soothing voice. So he's reading his own life Great story writer, yeah. and it's it's amazing. I love him. He's my favorite of all time. And so mm-hmm. he was talking about when he was at UCLA with his legendary coach, John Wooden, and Wooden wanted him to be you know, he was already a team player, but Wooden was worried when he came to the school because he was already such a superstar that he would be a superstar and he wouldn't be like good at, you know, passing and stuff and because he'd always want to be the scorer. Of course, they quickly figured out that wasn't Kareem's brand at all. He was a total team player, but Wooden had been worried because he said oftentimes highest scorers are on losing teams because they just want to make it all about themselves. 
So anyway, that's that's the whole Kemba thing of like, yeah, he's not putting up the most points, but what he's doing is enabling his teammates to score. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, every once in a while, he'll do his like iconic step back for a three. And you're just like, oh, right. It's still cardiac Kemba out there. It's just that he evolved into like a team leader who's enabling everybody else instead of taking all the spotlight for himself. Anyway, so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in, in like a vacuum, in a vacuum. If I just like wanted a basket, I'd probably take Kyrie Irving. But then, that, like I said, in a vacuum, you know me. I think we've known each other long enough. I have every now and then, like, don't get I me know, wrong. I love, understand. You love a little drama. Yeah, like I, I, if Trevor Bauer signed with the Yankees, I wonder what the heck that would look like. I can't wait. I just really can't wait for Trevor Bauer to sign. Um, and because he's honestly, he's the only interesting free agent. Let me let me be clear. I'm not saying he's the best one necessarily. You could argue he's one of the like five best, I think, but I think he's just the most interesting one, like probably by far. Him and Nelson Cruz, honestly. I want to know where I want to know where Nelson Cruz goes. But anyway, I that's know, enough. I'm so curious. <laughs> um, Hunter Enfro, Hunter Enfro, man. Yeah. Uh, just I have to I have to give a shout out to the guy though because he did give us time and fame and Jake Cronenworth, and I'm really curious to see, you know, if the Padres, if there's one negative thing that's happened is that they don't have a lot of outfield depth. So I'm hoping that they, you know, maybe improve that a little bit in the off season. You want to talk to me about outfield depth? The Red Sox traded Mookie Betts. <laughs> Your team choice. is so funny. Your team is so team funny. Is so and cut, everybody. That about does it for part one of my discussion with Gabrielle Starr. As you could maybe tell, um, I didn't do um, my typical intro because Gabrielle like forced me. You know, forced me to save time and all that stuff to do my intro uh, regularly when we're doing the pod for later and whatnot. You know, <laughs> it's just like, what the heck is going on? And uh, this episode, general, was a little bit late just because uh, we had some troubles uh, kind of extracting and whatnot. And, you know, hopefully you guys are okay with the fact that, yes, this Hunter Redfro news is old and whatnot. But really, it's just, it's not even about that. It's just us talking about Redfro and whatnot. And we go even deeper and we talk about a lot of other things. We talk about the designated hitter, we talk about the league in general, we have more. Or random tangents and stuff like that, like on holidays and, and whatnot, which I hope you guys are really enjoying uh, and going to enjoy. Uh, so yeah, that's really it. And uh, last thing before I head out, let me just throw it out there that uh, just for what you guys can expect, as I said, I was going to do a podcast with Daniel Wade of Lockdown Chargers that is still on deck for the rest of this week. Do not turn those dials, you know, especially it's going to be fun probably because we got this Thursday game coming up against the Raiders. So it's going to be really fun talking about Chargers and Padres. And we're going to just be talking about how the Padres, for some reason, the latter of those two, for some reason, is the one in the driver's seat right now. And usually the Chargers, while they have been heartbreaking, it's kind of funny that, you know, they for once are not the joke between the two teams, uh, which is really exciting. That should be a really fun conversation. Doing a little cross-promotional, cross-sport promotion it's the first time i've had one of the football hosts on so this should be a lot of be uh, a lot of fun and of course continuing this conversation with gabrielle uh and then lastly i want to also recommend everyone checking out locked on nba locked on fantasy basketball fantasy basketball especially i've been listening to with josh lloyd really great podcast because i just am really excited to play fantasy basketball again it's been a while and he's super helpful and his podcast is funny he has all these like sound bits and sound bites in there and by the way I promise I'm going to get back to doing that. I know I used to do that in the early days of the podcast, especially I put have my little random sound bites and whatnot. I'm going to start doing that again. I know I've been a little slacking lately with those, but I'm going to try and find random clips and stuff to put in my podcast. But yeah, with the NBA season going on, guys, you're just going to want to check in at, uh, on uh, all the stuff that's going on with the NBA with on the Lockdown Network. They've got tons of shows 
So yeah, subscribe to those wherever you get your podcasts. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, over Overcast, uh, Himalaya, I don't even know. Whatever it is, just search it up and you'll find it. And while you're at it, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. That would be really uh, greatly appreciated. Remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter. That's at LO underscore Padres and at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful hobies, take care.